This is Ugandan Art Speaks Out podcast. Powered by Omuti Creative. Our dear listeners, we are here, we are back with everything good, everything interesting, everything that we need to hear as Ugandans and those beyond Uganda. All I can say, this is an amazing time. I'm glad to be here with Kagai. It's the best thing that has happened to me this week. <laughs> Amen. This week. So um, I read from your work, either someone, else, someone else's work, that poetry is the language of the streets. Mm. Is it from your work? It must be from it's, your work. Yeah it's, yeah. yeah, it's an interview we did with Africa in dialogue. Oh, yeah, I suppose yes. so. So yes. I wanted to know, is there um, a poem that let's say has frightened you that it has humbled you in a way either it's from you or from someone else it is someone else's piece but it humbled you or it frightened you in that way it it evoked emotions deep emotions that really frightened you have you had that moment yeah, uh, which yeah one was that? a number of times uh, frightened me I, I don't know I once wrote a poem uh and from the from the from the moment of the moment I wrote the last line, my heart beat in fear of it coming alive, of that poem manifesting into real life. The poem was called uh, "Who Tells Stories Like This." It's it's a doom. It's a prophetic poem. It's, it talks about uh, stuff that I think will be happening in the future. And the last, I, I don't want to say the last line, but my heart really... So when was that? When was that? That was 2014. 2014. Now that is about, uh, it's coming to 10 years. Yes, nine years ago. Nine years ago. So it's a prophetic po- piece. Mm. Has those, have those things started happening? Have they happened before? Some of them have. I've not performed that poem yet. There are some poems I have that I've not... By the way, there are some poems Nag is not here. But I'm also telling everything that I perform in public, and, and so there, there are some poems that even when they are published, I've not performed them at all. So, do you consider publishing it, releasing it at a moment, anytime? No, they are already published. Some of them are published, but I've not, I've not, I've, You've not deliberately stayed away from them because Nagin is it here. Like, I'm also afraid of them. I'm afraid of the things that are in there. I'm afraid of uttering those words. Like, like, um, yeah, like, I'm like, let people read. They'd rather read them than... Yeah, but the poem that really... The poem that got me to start loving poetry, the, the first English language poem I wrote that started, me, that started me off the journey of searching for English poetry, I think I was in P5. Oh, that P4. is way back. P5 or P6. The poem was called Death ETC ETC. It is written by a Ugandan of Asian origin poet called uh, Jagit Singh. I used to think he was Kenyan, but uh, a few years ago I, did, I, I found out that he was actually Ugandan. And he wrote it in the 1960s and it's about it's about killing a cockroach but as a child this poem it was the first time i 
read something that made me contemplate. And by contemplating, I remember as a child, I remember the first time I took a long, I took a hike. Just thinking about After these reading lines. It, it took a yeah. hike. Like you, you take that walk, but you're just thinking about the idea in the poem. And the idea was, this person was remembering a moment when they had killed a cockroach. And they were saying, they killed a cockroach with their foot. They stepped on it. And then they went to the sink and washed their hands. But in the process of washing their hands, they remembered, eh, but I killed it with a foot. Why am I washing my hands? And then also they started thinking, maybe that, that cockroach I killed, maybe it had babies inside it. And then they started thinking, but, but what, what had it done to me now? Why have I killed it? And then, and then that, the poem ends, the, then the poet has a line that says, uh, the poem has a line that says, and then I started thinking about death, etc, etc. And, and, and in other words, then the poet started thinking about life and how it's so easy to take away life of a thing that is just uncomfortable to you. Now, as a boy, I liked killing insects. I'd never thought of them having children. I'd never thought of them not Coming having from done anything having to a me. Family, they, they, maybe they were looking for food. It was looking for food, and then it is killed. Them. I, yeah, like I'd yeah. never, I'd never imagined this, these other things as also part of life, equal. Like we share the same breathing systems. Yeah. Because they could be different uh, biologically, but same thing, we're all using oxygen here. I'd never thought of that. And that poem started, got me to start re-looking at everything around me. Everything around me started having life. Uh, I think it's the poem that taught me, now looking back, it's the poem that taught me empathy. Because that is what poetry does, through a technique called personification. You personify everything around you. So as a kid, I started, I started writing, I started, I think, writing my poems then, but I started uttering them in third year at Makerere. Yeah. You can see the process that it took from P5 to third year that you start writing. Um, uh, let's talk about Kitara Nation. Yes. How you get to be, I don't know, one of the founders or the founder of Kitara Nation. Mm. How does that come about? Is from the schools that you went to to teach or the people that you met, people that were like you, that are like you? Or So we had a bit of, we had a bit of split with my friends in the lantern meet. It was over money, money. But we were young, we were excited. Uh, we didn't know better. And so at the time we left, I was the president of the London Meet of Poets. And yeah, at the time I had placed, I'd, I was now the president of the group that I joined a few years earlier after, after that experience in theater. And after, after we fell out, uh, I, I, it was an opportunity for me to rethink what I want to do with my poetry. Uh, the Lantern Meet was a support system in many ways. Uh, you have friends who critique your work, you have friends who have created space for you to perform. Now you have to rethink everything, you know. Um, so um, we started, now when I mean we, 
I always had an idea that our vision in the Lantern Meet was to restore Uganda's literary, uh, to restore the epoch of Uganda's literary greatness. And did you try to achieve that at some point? Yeah, we did yeah, it, we damn. Did. Yeah, we did. But of course we had to, even the revolution had to grow. We had to also change. You know, people change. Yeah, even yeah. systems have to change. So after that, after, after what happened, the Lantern Meet happened, we were asking ourselves, what, how do we move forward now? But point of the, one of the points of departure in the Lantern Meet that we had was that, personally, my argument was that the Lantern Meet should go to schools. That we should go, that we should take our talents to young people to train them to build a new audience, build a new way of creative think, of thinking, of using creative talents. Give the young people agency to determine their literary landscape. It's about evolution. You're growing, you, yeah. you die out, and you yeah. need to teach others. Yeah. But then the Lantern, the other, the other members of the Lantern Meet, the direction they wanted to take was the Lantern Meet should focus on investing resources in itself. Like, rather than train young people, why don't we train ourselves, ourselves. and we become better? Now, I think it was also a valid argument and very important argument. For me, I just, I just felt that... Uh, my friend, my, my friend used to put it this way. Take two steps forward to take three, three jumps, to take a jump, to take a giant leap. You know, like to, you, you can, you can, if you want to really take a leap, take two steps it's forward and then you really then jump. And that for me, that's the thing. I thought that uh, it was important. It was, it was important. It was less important for us to be writers when we don't have an audience, you know, people to take in the literature. Anyway, so, I was really passionate about, you know, taking my two steps backwards, you know, to take a giant leap forward. And we continued working um, uh, in schools. And by we, I mean by my, uh, some of my other friends, some of the students I'd worked with in Navisusa or in vacation and were bored, were looking for what to do. And I was like, yeah, guys, let's do something. And then... At Nabisunsa had started a poetry club. It was called the Rhymers Poetry Club. And so in 2016, the club was making five years. And in 2015, it was making five years. And we decided that we should do a poetry festival, a school's poetry festival. Um, countrywide and or only A countrywide school's poetry, but in Nabisunsa. But Nabisunsa, like how you can host a, a national school's debate, national school's basketball. Yes, I get so you. we thought... How about a, a school, National School's Poetry, poetry festival. festival? And the school allowed, thankfully. So I reached out to Bayimba. Bayimba Foundation is, a, is an organization, an arts organization here, because they normally run festivals, so I was asking for advice. And I also wanted some, some support, uh, material support, uh, whatever form. Do you have a stage I could use? How can I do this? Do you have artists you could recommend to do this? It is. And so they wrote back to me when I wrote to them and they told me, Kaga, we have nothing. But there happens to be a new grant that is on the horizon. And it's about promoting uh, creative talents among young people. So you take it And up. we think, with your poetry thing, we'll see, we'll see, we'll, we'll see, see we'll see. And I was like, okay, guys, I know you've not given me anything, but I'm glad for your response. But I kindly request you to come and watch my event. If you like it, eh, well, we'll see, we'll see. Yo, they came for the event, and on Monday, the director of Bayimba called me and told me, come to my office now. Here is the form. 
fill it in. These are the questions. Answer them. Now this is what you're going to do. You have to start a company because we can't give this money to you. If, you're not re- if you don't have a registered company. If you don't company. have a registered company. So I said, okay, registered company, I'm a lawyer. I know what to do. Let me talk to my friends that I've been working with. And again, for me, it was important that the vision of Kitara Nation is don't leave the young generation behind. So I talked to my students and I told them, look, some of them who are really good in poetry, I told them, here's a chance. We can start a company that's going to change poetry in this country. And we need a name for it. So for me, the name that I cho- had chosen was Kitara Republic. I, I wanted Republic because of Felakuti's Kalakuta Republic. Yeah? But the problem is at the time, there was a crisis, there was a, there was a national problem in this country. There were people who had started Kawempe Republic. And police was after them. And so when I told my friends that, you know, let's suggest a company called Kitara, Kitara Republic, Republic, they were like, no, 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 we no, no. Like we're gonna, no, no, the police is gonna come after us. They, they are gonna think we're starting a new country. And I was like, guys, it's just a word. It's a business word. It's a business name. Like, no. So we chose Kitara Nation rather than Republic. Yeah. Uh, and that was 2016. So we registered the company. No, actually, yes, we registered it in 2015. The festival was 2015. And by 2016, they gave us the funds, and that's when we started. Um, that's when we started doing the work that we we do. Publishing. The, 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 no, no, no. It had to be layer by layer uh, because we understood that we are building a new culture. So schools were not at the same level, for example, of of resources and of privilege. Yes, yes. So uh, in some schools, we could carry out say. We carried out many experiments. There's a school where we did a poetry expo. Uh, we, we found 10 schools and gave those schools $100 each, each, and gave the Writers Club $100 and told them, how about you create poetry products with 100K? So with, 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 with about 350,000 Ugandan shillings. Yeah? And you, we create a market for you, and the, the best school will be that school that sells most of its poetry products. Again, you know, you know, uh, merging entrepreneurship, you know, with with poetry, you know. The, then, of course, we had publications. We uh, we published over 19 books, you know, with that grant. 19 young writers. Uh, we went to over, we visited over 38 schools in this country. We published over 158 young poets. You know? So a school would give you an anthology or you'd collect different poems from different schools, put them in a same book? We would do both. both. We did it. With, there's what we call intra-mautiling. Uh, okay. Intra-school. Intra-school poems, meaning that the poems are written by students in one, from in one, one school. school. Yes. Then there is inter-school poetry. And now these are poems by students from Collection different from schools. Different schools. And then there is a poetry collection where it's a single student from, a, from one school. And then there are also poetry duets where you can publish a student from one school and a, another student from another school and you put them together. So there are so many, there are so many book ca- experiments we carried out, basically. So are those books there? Yes, they are Are available. they accessible? Like, yes, they are. need to buy them? Yes, yes. And they are being the bought by many people. Many people. Many, many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like in, in this town, if you're going to talk about poetry, the Kitara Nation brand is clear. Uh, we started out in COVID, ironically, but that was the best time to start because everyone was seated home and people were idle. 
So like, so let us make them culture. rich. Exactly. We cannot get them. Give them get something them, else to do breed. except mm-hmm. holding their phone and looking and at watching. their screen. Instead of watching, let them read. Exactly. So people are, uh, were buying a lot of them, a lot of the books. People bought many books. So how many people are in Kitara Nation? How many poets? Are they all poets or other artists? You know, Kitara Nation does not work that way at the moment. It's not a management it's not a talent management. Okay, it's a talent building plus company. It's not a talent management company. We are, we are going to evolve into that. Now, you, how many poets are in Kitara Nation? There, I can't say they are in Kitara Nation. You could say how many poets has Kitara Nation groomed? Because they grow, they, we work with them and then they go. We work with them and then they go. And every year we work with a new team. Yeah. So how many have you groomed? How many has Kitara Nation groomed? Could <sighs> be a number. The numbers, the, the, the numbers we have, the published poets, like I told you, are, are, no, wait, there are, 19 author, there are 19 authors that we have individually published. There are, there are 63 poets that we've published from different schools. Yeah. Uh, there are six. There are six. There are six. Uh, six senior authors that we've published. Uh, yeah, I, I think the impact is both qualitative and quantitative. You see, um, I can tell you how many schools we've gone to, but I cannot tell you how many, for example, students attended school assemblies where we recited and they go to learn poetry. Because they have to be very many. Exactly. Schools. So there are those. There are those that are qualitative and those that are quantitative. So we've, we've seen the evolution of Kitara uh, Nation, how it has grown, how it started, and probably where it is going. So how, how you've gone to schools, to different schools, you're still going to schools? So that's a very complex question. Yes, we are. But, you know, COVID, COVID changed, changed a lot. A lot yeah? of things. Uh, um, now there is a policy at the moment that uh, schools, uh, the government does not allow schools to to host uh, outside partners. Yes, they only allow inter-school uh, interactions. Now, the, the benefit Kitara Nation has in that is that most, some of these schools that we've been working with over these years have adapted poetry as a school culture. So they have poetry clubs. Too. They have poetry clubs, poetry events, poetry programs running. So they, they normally uh, keep contacting us uh, to give them that. But also... We are rebranding. We, we, we've recently created a new platform called The Next Poetry Night. It's actually supposed to be a, uh, a school's project. Because you find, so again, a mentorship program. for So you get established poets, they go and train young poets, and then they perform together. And that is the kind of culture we want to take around, um, around East Africa. So what happened on 12th January and 13th January? That was the first, the next Poetry Night mm. episode that you had this yes. season. That was the first time you were yes, it was our as pilot. Guitar Nation, as yes. the pilot. Yes. So how did you find it? Was it successful as you thought? Was it more than you thought? Or uh, mm. Here we can talk in terms of the audience, uh, the poets the themselves, yes. the turn-up. No, uh, it, it, it surpassed my expectations. When we started out with the team, I, to- I was open to them. I told them, this is an experiment we are carrying out. And the experiment that we'd like to carry out is about 
finding, building, and consolidating authentic audiences. Because as poets, and as a poet who has been performing for a while, I know that uh, the people who love poetry have been abandoned. Because even the poet is trying to be a popular artist. See, the poet is trying so to be a they're comedian. They're going to comedy nights, that's where they're performing. Yes, and, and, and that's okay, but they're also trying to be comedians. So they're they are also, they are making, they're turning the poet into a joke. But a, and a joker is not a bad thing, by the way. A joker is a serious role, you know. But that's not a poet. A poet is a poet, you know. And so the people that love poetry, the people that want to listen to poetry, where do they go? when you want good poetry and you love poetry. So for us, that's the space that we sought to, to build. Um, and, and we thought that it was important that if, if we had to build it, we also build it with new value systems uh, of professionalism, of preparation, uh, transparency, mentorship, you know, uh, Ubuntu Buramu, or what Africans call Ubuntu. You know, let us bring our oneness, our togetherness into this into this space. Um, yeah, paying poets, you know, let them be professionals. Try to get, you know, try to to see if you can create a product that can get on screen, you know. And and and, and that's what we as try as Kitana Nation we are trying to do with the next poetry night, you know, like create that veritable product that gives authentic identity whatever authentic means and whatever identity means but that gives that that gives place solace to that person who loves poetry who needs poetry it is interesting to talk to someone who identifies himself as a poet someone who is lost in poetry and still finds himself out of poetry it is such a beautiful thing we are going to come back for a part 3 we are going to dip digger into his works his own works, what he has done as a poet, as a playwright, as a publisher. No, we've seen most of the part as a publisher from the Chitara Nation, but we're going to deep, deep go into his poetry, into his playwriting, into everything that talks about him. Catch you there. <laughs> 